service for just, just, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes. I needed to go over some things with you. So God's doing some good things, isn't he? How many of you are glad to be a Christian? Wonderful, isn't it? All right, let's pray. Father, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you that as we approach your holy written word today, as we do so reverently, that you will enlighten us, illuminate us. And uh, we just thank you that as the word goes forth, it doesn't return void, but it accomplishes what it's sent forth to do in the lives of those that will hear it, believe it, receive it, and act upon it. In Jesus' name, and all of God's people that agreed with that, along with the little girl said, what? Amen. Amen. I like that. You can, you can be seated. I like that. Little, little boy. I'm sorry. Oh, forgive me. I thought it was a little girl. I, I'm sorry. I didn't look over there. You forgive me? Yeah. What's his name? Wyatt. Wyatt. Good guy. I like Wyatt. Okay. All right. It's good to see little kids in the house of God, isn't it? The Bible says, train up a child in the way that they should go, and when they're old, they'll not depart from it. So I like those amens. Why you keep amening me, okay? All right. Hey, I'm going to start this uh, today with a little clip, this message. And uh, just going to start with a little clip here. See if, see if you remember this. Is your name, please? My name is Steve Lichtenstein. Number two. My name is Steve Lichtenstein. Number three. My name is Steve Lichtenstein. And we have the usual problem. Only one of them really is Steve Lichtenstein. And how many remembers that? That was what was the name of that show? To tell the truth. To tell the truth. And the premise of that show, that was, a, that was a game show on television back many years ago in, I guess, the 60s and into the 70s, to tell the truth. And there would be three contestants come out. Only one of them was, in this case, Alan Lichtenstein. The other two were imposters. Steve, okay. <laughs> so you know him, huh? <laughs> so anyway, so there were... Two of them were imposters. One of them was the real person. And then, of course, the panelists came out. Do you know who the panelists were? No, let's don't get into that. But the panelists were Bill Cullen, Kitty Carlisle, Peggy Cast, and then the fourth one, whoever that was. And they would question the three contestants. And one of them was telling the truth. The other two were imposters. So they were telling lies, but they were trying to make their lies sound true so that they could fool the panelists. And then at the end, the four panelists would vote as to which one they thought was telling the truth. And then the uh, host of the show, Gary Moore, I think was his name, then he would do this at the end. I think we have the clip of it. Votes are all in. Will the real Steve Lichtenstein please shamefully stand up? (laughs) So... Why did I show that to you? Of course, he was the one telling the truth. The other two were imposters. Why did I show that to you? Because I'm going to talk to you today about a very important subject, to tell the truth. To tell the truth. We should be truthful people, shouldn't we? It's important to tell the truth. Now, go to Proverbs 12, verse 19. 
Proverbs 12, verse 19, says this. The truthful lip shall be established forever, but a lying tongue is but for a moment. Don't ever forget that. The truthful lip shall be established forever, but a lying tongue is but for a moment. And then look at verse 22 right there in Proverbs 12. It says, lying lips are an abomination to the Lord. You know, we oftentimes talk about the different things in Scripture that are an abomination to the Lord. But I, I don't think we should overlook this one. Lying lips are an abomination to the Lord. But those who deal truthfully are his delight. Now, I share this message today with the backdrop of our political scene and our presidential candidates. Uh, Whether you know it or not, preachers should declare righteousness from their pulpits. And uh, how many of you know John the Baptist Would you agree he's a man of God? He had some things to say about the political scene of his day. Right? The prophets in the Old Testament, they had much to say about the political scene of their day. Is that right? What is perhaps the main word associated with a politician? Well, there's two main words. Liar. Is that correct? And dishonest? How many of you know that shouldn't be so? How refreshing it would be if politicians were honest and told the truth. And not just politicians, but everybody. Wouldn't that be wonderful? Just tell me the truth. Uh, Cable companies, satellite dish companies, cell phone companies, again and again and again, you know, they'll sell me a plan and it's so much money for just so many months. And then all of a sudden, uh, how many seen that commercial about Bill and the, the bills start off looking real good and this lady sitting there and she met this guy named Bill and he, you know, he's real good looking and then. They show him at a date a few months later, and she said, my bill doesn't look so good anymore. And, you know, he's got, like, warts all over his face. Have you ever seen that? And then a year later, you know, he, he looks just, just horrible. How many have seen that commercial? She said, my bill, her date, Bill, isn't looking as good as he looked a year ago. How many of you have ever gotten a cell phone bill that, you know, at first it looked pretty good, but then six months later it's not looking so good? And what I tell these people, you know, when I go in to sign up for a cell phone or whatever, just tell me the truth. Just tell me what it's going to be. Tell me what it's going to be, you know, six months from now or a year from now. I, I can handle the truth. I, I, tell me the truth. Just, just don't, don't bait me. Do you know that articles that you read, advertisements that you read in newspapers and things, most of them are very dishonest. Did you know that? And, and they're there to just bait you to try to get you in. How many of you realize that? And and I have the opinion, just tell me the truth. Tell me what it's going to cost. Tell me how much 
I would rather find that out up front than sneak that in on me six months later or, or a year later. You agree with me on that? And, and certainly politicians and certainly the president of the United States, and preachers as well. I'll pick on the pulpit a little bit. How many of you know preachers off time have a reputation of being dishonest? Is that right? And that should not. I mean, if anybody ought to be telling the truth, it ought to be a preacher. Is that right? There's dishonesty all around. Let's let's be truthful people. I found an article by uh, Kathy Crockett. I don't know who she is, but I read the article. It was really good on Abraham Lincoln. You remember him? What number president was he? Abraham Lincoln had many nicknames during his lifetime. This is what she wrote. The rail splitter, the great emancipator was another one. But perhaps none of these is as widely recognized and referenced today as the nickname Honest Abe. Honest Abe. That's, I'd rather be known as Honest Terry than Crooked Terry. Wouldn't you? The roots of this nickname start in his early working life. As a young man, Abraham Lincoln worked as a general store clerk. One evening, he was counting the money in the drawers after closing and found that he was a few cents over what should have been in the drawer. When he realized that he had accidentally shortchanged a customer earlier that day, Lincoln walked a long distance to return the money to the customer. This is when he was a store clerk. On another occasion, Lincoln discovered that he had given a woman too little tea for her money. He put what he owed her in a package and personally delivered it to the woman, who never realized that she had not been given the proper amount of tea until Lincoln showed up at her doorstep. Isn't that wonderful? Lincoln's integrity and insistence on honesty became even more apparent in his law practice. Uh, In his book, An Honest Calling, The Law Practice of Abraham Lincoln, Mark Steiner, who, who wrote this book, said this. He said, I remember one case in which Lincoln was for the the defendant. And Lincoln was satisfied of his client's innocence. It depended mainly depended mainly on one witness. That witness told on the stand under oath what Abe Lincoln knew to be a lie. And no one else knew. When he arose to plead the case Lincoln said this, gentlemen, I depended on this witness to clear my client. He has lied. I ask that no attention be paid to his testimony. Let his words be stricken out. If my case fails, I do not wish to win this way. Lincoln carried his regard for the truth through his years at the White House. He himself was forthright and deeply sincere. It seems as if some of his colleagues wondered if he could ever tell a lie. During the Civil War, President Lincoln made this statement. I ain't been caught lying yet, and I don't mean to be. For Lincoln, the truth was not worth sacrificing for any gain, no matter how large that gain May have been. You know, when we, when we put our hands on the Bible and swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, that's what we ought to 
do is tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. Is that right? It's amazing to me how people can do that and then just lie right through their teeth. I have great admiration for Abraham Lincoln. Lincoln didn't need to lie to save the Union. To unite the people, to free slaves, to lead a nation. Perhaps that is why he remains a hero to so many around the world. And an inspiration to leaders well into the future. From his work as a clerk to his duties as the president, Lincoln's honesty was unwavering. Showing that telling the truth is an essential lesson for all, no matter who you are or what you do. And I can say that Abraham Lincoln was honest in little. And according to the words of the Lord Jesus, who said, if you're faithful in that which is least, you'll be faithful in that which is much. Abraham Lincoln was honest as a store clerk when basically nobody knew who he was. And he carried that same honesty into the most powerful office in the land. Because what you do with little, you'll do the same thing with much. I admire a man or a woman who tells the truth. How about you? You also need to realize, if you haven't by now, that much of the media is dishonest. How refreshing it would be if the media told the truth. In fact, one newspaper who does not have a reputation for being totally honest itself, hands out Pinocchio awards. Now, you know who Pinocchio is, that marionette, that puppet whose nose grew every time he told a lie. I think that would be a wonderful thing if everyone's nose, including mine, would grow every time a lie was told. I think that would curb the lying, don't you think? But, of course, his nose would grow, and then, of course, the woodpeckers would come and you know, on his nose, they'd have to saw his nose off every once in a while, if I remember the story right. But every time he told a lie, it would just keep on growing. How many remembers Pinocchio? And so this newspaper hands out Pinocchio awards to politicians for being dishonest when the newspaper isn't altogether honest itself. You know, one of the biggest dangers in a nation is when a press becomes dishonest. And that's, that's one of the greatest dangers we face in this nation right now, is a dishonest press. You know, um, it's one thing for a person to be dishonest, but it's even more troubling to me when someone covers for that person's dishonesty. And it's amazing as I watch some of the news shows how people will come on, they're called surrogates, you know, or supporters of the different politicians and they can even know you, you can watch it and know that they know that the politician is lying, but they sit there as one of their surrogates and they cover for the lies. Isn't that sad? Romans 1.18 says this. Romans 1.18 says, for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. Suppress means to cover it up. They cover up the truth. And that is a danger that we have in this nation that the press, though it is free, it needs to be honest and just tell the truth. How refreshing it would be to have an honest press. 
I remember Smith Wigglesworth. I don't know if any of you know who he is. Does anybody know who Smith Wigglesworth is? He was a man of God who ministered in the late uh, 1800s and into the early and mid, primarily in the in, in the early 19 to mid 1900s. He's known by many as the apostle or an apostle of faith. And that man would not. Now you got to remember, this man have, has recorded miracles in his ministry of raising the dead and all, all sorts of different, different uh, uh, bona fide miracles that God did through him. And it's interesting, he would not allow newspapers into his house. And when he was asked, now this is 100 years ago, give or take, 75 years, whatever. And when he was asked why he wouldn't allow newspapers into his house, he said, because the, the, it's full of lies. You know, if you want to walk close to God and fellowship with him, and, and by the way, lying isn't anything new. Did you know that? I mean, lying goes all the way back. All the way back into the book of Genesis. Is that, is that right? But Smith Wigglesworth wouldn't let any, he did his best to keep lies out of his life. And God used him wonderfully. If you want to walk close to God, listen to me, and fellowship with him, you must be honest and tell the truth. You know, someone once said to me, they said, well, I only tell white lies. But you know, a lie, whatever the color, is still a lie. Someone else told me one day, they said, well, I only tell half-truths. But did you know that a half-truth is equal to a whole lie? Notice, if you would, and I want to share some more scriptures with you concerning telling the truth. The Bible has much to say about it. Proverbs 6, verse 16. Proverbs 6, verse 16 says, these six things, Proverbs 6, 16, these six things the Lord hates. Yes, seven are an abomination to him. And as we read this list, I want you to notice that lying comes up twice. First of all, a proud look, verse 17. And then what? A lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked plans, feet that are swift in running to evil, a false witness who speaks lies, and one who sows discord among brethren. Those are seven things that the Lord has no use for. And in verse 17, we see a lying tongue. And in verse 19, a false witness who speaks lies. It's interesting in that list, as I said, that two of the seven have to do with lying. The ninth commandment, how many commandments are there? Ten. The ninth commandment, the Lord says, you shall not bear false witness. God has no use for lying. And if you want to walk close to him, if you want to fellowship with him, you have to get all dishonesty out of your life. You have to get all lying out of your mouth. Did you hear me? He won't fellowship around it. I said he won't. In Proverbs 11.1, 1, in Proverbs 11.1, 1, uh, the Bible says dishonest scales, dishonest scales are on what? A what? 
There's that word again. You know, again, you know, we, we talk about, you know, like the sexual sins that are an abomination to the Lord, and they are. But so oftentimes, lying doesn't get grouped in with that, and it should because lying is an abomination to the Lord. Dishonest scales are an abomination to the Lord, but a just weight is his delight. How many of you, when you go in, as my wife do, my wife do, my wife and I do, weekly we go into Deerberg's and we buy lunch meat, you know, and they'll put that lunch meat up on the scale. How many of you want that scale to be honest? But do you know dishonest folks, dishonest delis or whatnot, sometimes they'll change the scale a little bit so that when they put their uh, meat up there, it's, it's the scale is tilted in uh, their favor. Uh, how many of you would like to take the scale that you stand on to weigh, to weigh yourself? You'd like to turn it back about 15 pounds, and you know what I mean? So that when you stand on it, it's 15 pounds lighter than what you really are. How many of you, you would like that be nice? But it's what? It's dishonest, isn't it? So we want honest scales, don't we? Because a dishonest scale is an abomination to the Lord. It reminds me of this story, and let me read it to you. Coming home from work, a woman stopped by the corner deli to buy a chicken for supper. The butcher reached into a barrel, grabbed the last chicken he had, flung it on the scales behind the counter, and told the woman its weight. She thought for a moment, I really need a bit more chicken than that. She said, do you have any larger ones? Without a word, the butcher put the chicken back into the barrel, groped around as though finding another, pulled the same chicken out and placed it on the scales. This chicken, he said, weighs one pound more. The woman pondered her options and then said, okay, I'll take them both. Lying can get you into quite a predicament, can't it? And something I've learned about lying is when a lie is told, usually there needs to be another one to cover up the first one. Is, is that right? I don't know why I think of this, but I'll just share this story with you real quick. Uh, there was a guest minister who preached in a church. And uh, after the, they received a special offering for him, and afterwards the pastor handed him his 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 offering and it was two hundred dollars and he's as he's walking out to his car this woman comes up to him and says says uh, brother so-and-so did you get it did you get it did you get it and he said what 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 did i get what she said that five hundred dollars i put in the offering for you how many of you know ministers ought to be honest too did you get that what i just said the guest minister got 200, but he should have got at least, at least probably five or 700. Is that right? Well, 500 plus whatever else. Dishonesty runs rampant around us. It's all over the place. Let's be different. That's what the world's looking for is somebody to tell them the truth. Let me just share a few other scriptures with you. Uh, I'll state the verses. I don't know if they can put them up here this quick, quickly. But uh, Numbers twenty three nineteen. Numbers twenty three nineteen says, "God is not a man that he should lie." How many of you like dealing with God? He's a square shooter. Did you know that? He'll always tell you the truth. Jesus said something 
about the word of God. Does anybody remember what it is? It's in John seventeen seventeen. He said, your word is what? Truth. The word of God is truth. In John 1, 14, John 1, 14, the Bible says the word became flesh. That's when Jesus, the second member of the Trinity, took on humanity And God became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. John 14, 6. John 14, 6. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. When you're dealing with Jesus... When you're dealing with God the Father, God the Son, the Lord Jesus, God the Holy Ghost, you're dealing with the truth. He'll never lie to you. He's not a man that he should lie. You know, in Jesus' earthly ministry, some of his critics came to him one time and said, now his critics, and said, Teacher, we know how honest you are. You teach the way of God truthfully. Wouldn't it be refreshing if the political candidates would stand up and, in talking about one another, be able to say, you know, my opponent is a truthful person. Wouldn't that be wonderful? And then the other opponent over here would say, and my opponent is a truthful person. Wouldn't that be better than having to call one another crooked and this and that and the other? Wouldn't that be wonderful if everybody dealt honestly? It would just be refreshing to me. How about you? But don't forget this. We read this earlier on. A lying tongue is just but for a moment. Just but for a moment. They'll only get away with their lying and cheating and stealing just so long. So don't ever forget that. When it looks like lying and cheating and stealing is getting somebody even into the most powerful office in the land, don't forget this. Their lying, cheating, and stealing is only but for a moment. Don't forget that. John 8:32 And you shall know the truth Jesus said and the truth shall what set you or make you free You shall know the truth see that's why we need to know the truth that's why I want to know the truth because the truth The truth of God's word will set us free the truth will set us free There's something about the truth that is liberating I know in the movie a few good men, and, and I have to say this. How many has ever heard of that movie? But now my wife and I, we watch some of these movies only after they're edited. And, and all the, the garbage is taken out. While I'm on it, I'll just say this. Uh, I'm always uh, concerned about Christians that can sit through a movie like A Few Good Men when it's not edited and they can sit there and listen to the name of the Lord taken in vain and all of that. And it not phase them. That bothers me. I don't think we as Christians ought to be attending R-rated movies where there's all kinds of cussing and the name of the Lord taken in vain and all kinds of sexual stuff on up there. Uh, we shouldn't be going to that. Can anybody say amen? amen? I know I don't win a lot of friends when I say that. But uh, I tell you the truth. Did you know there's one church that got angry with the Apostle Paul for, because he told them the truth? I tell you what, as a, as a minister, I, ha, I have an obligation to tell you the truth. A Christian shouldn't be watching R-rated movies with cussing and, and sexual stuff in it. Can anybody say amen? amen? 
So we wait till they edit the movie and take all that stuff out. Because most of those movies, a lot of them are really good if they just take all that cussing out. A Few Good Men is a good movie if they take all that cussing out. So we wait till they edit that out, then we watch it. But in that movie, Tom Cruise looked at Jack Nicholson and he said, I want the truth. And remember, Jack Nicholson looked back at him and said, you can't handle the truth. But I want to tell you that we can handle the truth. I want the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. How about you? Because Jesus said, you'll know the truth, and the truth shall what? Set you free. Speaking of movies, it makes me think of another one. Uh, how many remembers Christopher Reeve? And he played Superman. Remember that? And, and in Superman 2, remember there were three other uh, criminals from Krypton that were, 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 were out there in space in the United States. Or somebody sent off a rocket and it hit that, uh, that, that cell, that prison they were in and loosed them. And they came to Earth and they had the same powers that Superman did. How many remembers that? It was a long time ago. But Gene Hackman, he played Lex Luthor and he was Superman's nemesis. And, and, and he got in cahoots with these other three uh, beings from Krypton. And Gene Hackman, Lex Luthor, he had got into some dealings with him. And later in the movie, he's face-to-face with Superman, Christopher Reeve. He's face-to-face with Superman. And he says this. He says, Superman, he said, you know, he said, these other people from Krypton... They're dishonest. He said, at least I always knew where I stood with you. You always told me the truth. You know, we ought to be like Superman, oughtn't we? We ought to tell the truth. I don't like dealing with people that are liars. I don't like dealing with... The the man that built uh, uh, Diane in my house. And we'd prayed to the Lord for years to send us somebody to... To, to, to you know somebody honest to build our house and and, and God sent us such a man and, and he built our house we had a contract with him but we didn't need it his word was his bond you know you don't find that very often uh, anymore especially like with builders and things some of them are honest but most of them aren't they'll cut corners this man didn't cut any corners he he, he did what he said he would do when he said he would do it I like dealing with a man like that and this man's not a Christian. Now, we shared the Lord with him, all right, but he's not a Christian so far as I know. But he was honest. I'd rather deal with an honest man that's not a Christian than deal with a Christian that's dishonest. Can anybody say amen? amen. Honesty is always the best policy. And even a criminal like Lex Luthor, who was a liar and a cheat and a stealer himself, he said, you know, at least Superman always told me the truth. Just give me somebody that's going to tell me the truth. And how many of you know Superman fought that never-ending battle for truth, justice, and the American way? And we need to be doing the same. Is that right? And it is a never-ending battle. You know, I think about Jeremiah back in the Old Testament when God was going to judge, judge Judah and bring judgment. How many of you know God doesn't want to judge? He doesn't. He's a good God. He doesn't want to do those things, but sometimes he has no other alternative. And finally, it got to the point where God told Jeremiah, he said, run up and down every street 
every street in Jerusalem and look high and low and search thoroughly throughout the city. And he said, if you can find even one just and honest person, I will not destroy the city. And do you know, Jeremiah couldn't find one honest person. So dishonesty is nothing new. I'm sharing this message to uh, encourage all of us to be honest. It's something that people are looking for. Listen to this. A lady was soaking up the sun's rays on a Florida beach when she observed a little boy in his swimming trunks carrying a towel. And he was questioning numerous people along the shoreline. And with each one he would question, he seemed discouraged as he went to the next one and the next one and the next one and the next one. Eventually, the little boy came up to this woman and asked her and said, do you believe in God? She was surprised by the question, but replied, why, yes, I do. Then he asked her, do you go to church every Sunday? Again, her answer was yes. Then he asked, do you read your Bible and pray every day? And she again said, yes. But by now, her curiosity was very much aroused. At last, the lad sighed and said with obvious relief, will you hold my quarter while I go swimming? He was looking for an honest person and he was having a dickens of a time finding one. People are looking for folks to be honest with them. That's what I'm looking for. Aren't you? The Bible talks about King Joash in the Old Testament. He was the eighth king of Judah. You don't have to turn there, but you can read it sometimes in 2 Kings 12. And King Joash, there needed to be, they needed to make repairs to the temple. And uh, the priest took a chest and bored a hole in it, like a big barrel, and bored a hole in its lid. And he placed it at the entrance, entrance of the temple. The priest who guarded the entrance put into the chest all the money that was brought to the temple. They did not, re- now listen to this, they did not require an accounting from those to whom they gave the money to pay the workers because the Bible says they acted with complete honesty. Let's let that be our goal. It's possible. Let's act always with complete honesty and complete integrity. Notice John 4.24. John 4.24. God is spirit, or he is a spirit. And those who worship him must worship him in spirit and what? Truth. You know, it's interesting. Our honesty comes into play as we come to church every Sunday. And we worship the Lord and we raise our voices to him. How we live our life is important. It's important that we're truthful and we tell the truth. Did you know that if if we don't do that, that when we come to church and we raise our voice, uh, actually the Bible is clear. You can see this over in the book of Amos. If 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 we if we don't live by the truth and tell the truth and live live honestly before the Lord during the week, when we come to church on Sunday, our singing and our our musical instruments are just noise to Him. Did you know that? Uh, You don't have to turn there, but you can read this sometime in Amos, the fifth chapter. Just listen to this. 
The Lord said this through Amos to the people. He said, I, I hate, I despise your feast days and do not savor your sacred assemblies. He said, though you offer me burnt offerings and your grain offerings, I will not accept them, nor will I regard your fatted peace offerings. Take away from me the noise of your songs, for I will not hear the melody of your stringed instruments. And why was that? He said, let justice run down like water and righteousness like a mighty stream. What is that telling us? It's telling us that if we don't live honestly and in, in integrity and tell the truth during the week, that when we come to church on Sunday to worship God, it's just like noise to him. God doesn't look forward to that. So, let, so let's live honestly during the week. Let's tell the truth and be people of integrity. And then when we come in here on Sunday and worship the Lord, it'll be pleasing to him. It'll be a sweet smelling savor to him. Can you say amen? Just a few more. John 14, verse 15. John 14, verse 15. Just a few more and then we'll close. John 14, verse 15. Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. I will pray the Father. He'll give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. He's talking about the Holy Spirit. Notice verse 17, the Spirit of Truth. Did you know the Holy Spirit? He's known as, he's got many different names, Spirit of Holiness. He's also known as the Spirit of Truth. He's the Counselor, the Comforter, all these many different names. But he's also the Spirit of Truth. Realize, say the Spirit of Truth. Yeah, the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit, he is the Spirit of Truth. You know... Remember me telling you a while ago that the, whole, that the Holy Spirit, you know, that God will not, he won't fellowship around dishonesty or anything that's dishonest. Do you know that over the years that I've been up here at times preaching, and you, you'd, you'd never known it, but I'd be up here, you know, I'm talking years gone by, up here preaching, and you've never known a preacher to exaggerate, have you? The old fish story. How big was the fish? You know, and the fish starts out and it, you know. Has anybody ever exaggerated besides me? Oh, got a lot of honest people here. That's good. I'm glad. You ought to be up here preaching to me. I know I, I, you don't, I don't mean to. I, I try not to. But there's been times where I start exaggerating just a little bit. And you know, every single time that I've done that over the many years, and I, I try not to, I hardly ever do it anymore. I'm... I'm but you just, I guess, it's just human nature. But you know, every single time the Holy Ghost, you can tell, he just, he, he backs off. And then I'm on my own. I don't want to be on my own. I need the Holy Spirit. I don't want to exaggerate. Did you hear me? But I tell you, it's the same thing with you. If, you, if, if you're sensitive at all to the Holy Spirit, you could be talking to one of your buddies. And, and he, he might ask you, how big was the fish that you caught? Or he might ask you, what golf score did you shoot? Or whatever the case. Or how far did you hit that drive? Or, you know, whatever the case. And it's real easy to exaggerate. You've got to watch yourself. But I tell you what, when you go over into exaggeration, how many of you know exaggeration is a form of lying, isn't it? Isn't it? Yes or no? And every single time, the Holy Spirit will begin to back off. I didn't say he leave you. I just said he'll start to back off. Now, I'll tell you this. If you want to flow in the healing power of God and you want to flow in the, in, in the anointing of God, there can't be any dishonesty. There can't be any 
anything like that. It's got to be the truth, the whole truth, and what? Nothing but the truth. I heard uh, this, this man named Alexander Sol- Solzhenitsyn. I don't know if you've ever heard of him. I don't know that he was a Christian. He may have been, but, but, but he, he was a good man. And he, he said this. He said, many of you have already found out and others will find out in the course of your life that truth eludes us if we do not concentrate with total attention on its pursuit. What is he saying there? We've got to be conscious of telling the truth all the time. Telling the truth. Look at Ephesians 4.15 very quickly. The Apostle Paul, the Holy Ghost had the Apostle Paul write this to Christians. Look at Ephesians 4.15. The church in Ephesus, he said, speak the truth in what? Speak the truth in love. And then in verse uh, 25, look at Ephesians 4.25. He said this to the church. Look at this. To the church. He said, therefore, putting away what? Lying. So do Christians need to be aware of these things? Certainly. Told the church, put away lying. Let each of you speak truth to his neighbor. For we are members one another. So even Christians have trouble with this. That's why the Holy Ghost through the Apostle Paul told the church in Ephesus, put away lying. Stop lying to one another. You know, it reminds me of this story of four college students. They arrived late to take a final exam in their ethics class at a Christian university. They conspired to lie to the professor saying that they had a flat tire. When entering the classroom, the professor asked their excuse for being late. We had a flat tire, they all said in unison. Without getting upset and suspecting that they were lying, the professor asked the four students to take their seats. The wise professor said to them, the final exam for the four of you in this ethics course will be just one question. And here it is. Each of you write down on a piece of paper which tire went flat. Did you know when the truth is what you tell, you only have to remember one version of the story? That's not original with me. That's an old saying, but it's a good one. That reminds me of my grandma. She told me little years ago, she told me a story. Little Johnny came home and he had a bunch of F's on his report card. And his grandma said, Johnny, what do all those F's stand for? She said, he said, Grandma, F stands for fine, fine, fine. How do you know Johnny was a liar, wasn't he? Don't forget, I, I need to close this up real quick, just a few more. John 8, did you get anything out of this today? John 8, 44. Let's go there real quick. I need, to, I need to close this up. John 8, 44. Remember where lying originated. You are, John 8, 44. Jesus said, you're, he was talking to the Pharisees, people that, that didn't believe, believe on him. He said, you're of the, your father, the devil, the desires of your father you will do. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth. Because there's no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources, for he's a liar and the father of it. Where did lying originate? It originated with the devil. Didn't it? 
So when, when, when someone lies, really, it, it, it originates, it goes all the way back to the devil. You're really flowing in line with the devil when you're lying. Don't, don't lie. Revelation 21.8. Go there quickly. Very sobering scriptures. Revelation 21.8. But the cowardly, unbelieving, abominable, murderers, sexual immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars... Well, that's some kind of group to be associated with, isn't it? Next time you tell that little white lie or the next time you exaggerate something or the next time you tell a half-truth, you're being grouped with the cowardly, unbelieving, abominable, murderers, sexually immoral, saucers, and idolaters. And all liars shall have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. That's real serious, isn't it? There's nothing funny about lying, is there? Look at chapter 22 here in Revelation, verse 14. Look at this. Blessed are those who do his commandments, that they may have the right to the tree of life and may enter through the gates into the city. This is the, this is the holy Jerusalem, heavenly Jerusalem. But outside that city are dogs. Those are those without a covenant with God. Sorcerers, sexually immoral, murderers, idolaters, and whoever what? Loves and practices a lie. Those are sobering scriptures, aren't they? And there's nothing funny about lying. And I don't care who a person is, and I started this talking about politicians, and I'll end it with that. All liars, all liars shall have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone. Outside the city of God are those who love and practice lying. Very sobering, isn't it? I'm going to ask her to put 1 John 2.22 up there, and this is the last one. Who is a liar but he who denies that Jesus is the Christ? He is Antichrist who denies the Father and the Son. The biggest liar of all is one who denies that Jesus is the Christ. Stand with me if you would. Bow your heads before a holy God. Heavenly Father, today I shared a simple message with your people, I believe at your direction, to remind us all, including me, how important it is that we all tell the truth to tell the truth and so sir I trust that this service today this message today will serve as a reminder to us all the importance of telling the truth those who are here who tell the truth and walk in integrity are to be commended and I know that they'll be rewarded greatly at the judgment seat of Christ one day And even now in this time, and those who are here who have had trouble with this and have struggled with this, that as a result of this message today, they'll make that adjustment in their heart and in their mouth. And they'll stop lying. They'll stop saying anything that is not true. And that they'll begin to walk in 
the truth and integrity. If that's you today and you, you've had trouble with this, uh, repent right where you are, just between you and the Lord. Make an adjustment in your life. Confess that sin before him, the sin of lying. Ask him to forgive you. He'll forgive you in an instant of time. And then be a person of truth. Tell the truth. To tell the truth. It's so important. Especially if you want to get anywhere with God. Now if you're here today and you've never received Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. Remember that last scripture that we read. Who is a liar?